Welcome to the December issue of Bantam Audio Books Podcast. Um, so this month, one of my friends, Lizzie Mucklestone, has published a book called Blank Mastermind. Um, she has graciously allowed me to read the first chapter to you guys. So if you enjoyed this, feel free to, well, please do go check out her book. It's on Amazon. Um, yeah. So Blank Mastermind, chapter one, by her Waking, it's called Waking Up. I lay still, feeling nothing. It felt almost like I didn't exist. There was no sound. I was totally numb. A slight twinge of pain leaked in through the numbness, and I winced. Then a headache ripped across the base of my skull, and feeling rushed back into the rest of my body. I felt like I'd been through a food processor, or a rock tumbler. Maybe both. I tried to reach my hand up to put on the back of my head to try to lessen the pain, but only the ends of my fingers twitched. Where was I? What had happened? Why did I hurt so much? Focusing my teaspoonful of energy, I opened my eyes. One was slightly harder to open, and I felt a bruise over it. Ropes, cloth, and darkness blurred in and out of focus above me. I blinked a couple of times, and my vision cleared a little. There was also a pedoga, apparently. I frowned. So this was backstage of something, probably. My feet dangled off the ground. What was I lying on? A muddled mind stubbornly held back from it, giving answers to the hundreds of questions I had. A bit of energy was coming back, and even though I didn't want to move, that seemed like the best way to figure out what the heck was going on. I bit my lip, stealing myself. Somehow, that made my nose hurt, too. Taking a breath, I gripped the edge of the container I was in and pushed myself up. Holy smoke, did everything hurt? I closed my eyes again, clenching my teeth against the pain. When I opened them again, I was able to collect a few more facts about my situation. Container I'd been lying in was full of paper fans, keeping with the Padoga theme. I was wearing a tuxedo covered in blood. There was a few guns on the ground, and a dead man lying face down in a puddle of blood, only a few feet from where I was. I gagged, putting a hand up to my mouth. My head pounded and my vision blurred again. Something inside me prodded to get up, get out, and leave. I needed to get away from here. I pushed the rest of my way out, out of the fan container. My feet landed on the ground. My knees almost gave out, but I managed to keep myself in a standing position. What happened? Who killed that guy? Well, there was only one person around. Did I kill him? I didn't remember killing him. But what did I remember? How I got here? Nope, that was a blank. How the guy died? Nothing there either. Start with something basic. What's your name? My name. What was my name? I had to know that. Come on, think. I closed my eyes and concentrated, trying to pull out a simple answer for my stubborn brain. The feeling of it danced around the edges of my mind, just out of reach. I couldn't think, couldn't remember anything. Panic started to rise inside me. The back of my head pounded like it was telling me to stop bugging me by trying to think. I reflected civilly, put my hand up to hold it. What did I know? I had to know something. Gritting my teeth and trying hard, I managed to grasp one solid feeling. Something was missing. There was something in mind that I needed that I didn't have. Swiveled around, squinting into the shadows, trying to find my whatever it was. My gaze rested on a crumpled dark heap by the curtain. A leather jacket. That. That's it. Let go of the edge of the container and stumbled over to the jacket. Steadying myself by holding it onto the curtain, picked it up and fumbled it on. The jacket slipped on perfectly over my shoulders, feeling like home. One thing that felt right in this whole confusing mess. So now I knew I was a guy with a leather jacket. Great. Now if I could just find a phone or a wallet or something useful. 
stick a hand into one of my, the pockets, dog-eared piece of notebook paper. It's just soft from my age, met my fingers. Pulled it out and unfolded it slowly, smudging the corner with the blood that was smeared on my fingers. For Mom, it read, in a slanted scrawl of handwriting. For Dad, for Peter, for Eloise. That which killed shall be killed. Die by the sword. My thumb brushed over another spot in the paper that felt puckered, like it had been wet. A tear? Felt goosebook and prickle on my arms, but I didn't remember any of those names. I checked the other pocket. My finger poked through a cinch hole, a bullet hole. I sucked in my breath. So I'd been shot. Or the jacket, at least. But who would shoot an empty jacket? Of course, it had to be on me. But who? Wincing, I put my hand to the back of my head. I felt a gash there. When I pulled my hand away, it was covered in even more blood. My head started to throb again, and I quickly put my hand back where it was. The floor tilted. I clung to the curtain, trying to get my balance back. Okay, okay. I just needed to put together what I knew, figure stuff out from there. Before I could get all my mental ducks in a row, there was a the sound of someone whistling outside the door. I jumped, my heart pounding. The brief thought that I could ask him for help flashed across my mind, but I quickly dismissed it. I was no crime scene investigator, or at least I didn't think I was, but if this guy put half a thought into the scene in front of him, it would look like I'd murdered that other tuxedo guy, and amnesia was a pretty flimsy story if anything went to court. I took advantage of the curtain. I was next to it and slipped behind it just as the door thumped open. A janitor came in, pushing a squeaky old cleaning cart in front of him and whistling something. Row, row, your boat. Of course, I remembered a stupid nursery rhyme song, but not my own name. The whistling ended in a strangled gasp at the sight of the body. The man got out of there fast after that. The wheel squeaking went up to double time as he barreled back out the door. Well, I couldn't blame him for their reaction, but now I probably had cops to worry about time to get out. There was another exit on the other side of the curtain. I took a deep breath and zipped up my jacket to cover the blood all over my front before starting towards the door, trying not to sound like some wounded animal whilst doing so. I got to the door and groped at the handle a couple of times before managing to pull it open. It squeaked as it swung open, and I flinched. Hope no one heard that. My hands reflexively went to straighten my jacket collar before I stepped out into the hall. The posh golden carpet muffled my unsteady footsteps. All people's noises were absent. There was only the calm pour of the heater accompanied by a faint propane spell. Only a, a back hall, but I could still almost smell the fanciness permeating this place. The reason I decided to have a life-and-death brawl backstage at an opera continued to elude me. I looked both ways down the hall. There, the door with a sign proclaiming exit was to my right. I took a few steps to start it, but my knees buckled under me, and I crumpled to the floor. Well, it was going to happen sometime with the shape I was in. I had more appreciation for the lovely soft carpet now. I was almost sorry I got so much blood on it. I gritted my teeth at the pain and rolled on my side, trying to gather the straight to get back up. The heater sound cut out all of a sudden, and I heard another noise from far away. Sirens. Get up, idiot. Get out of here. I groaned and started to push myself up. But I heard another sound, way closer than the sirens. It was down the hall in back of me, and it was a person. I jumped up and scooted myself against the edge of the wall before stopping and listening. The adrenaline started to subside, only soft moaning, and the movement sounded even more pathetic than mine. No one who could stop me if they tried, not my problem. I went to the start of the door again, but I was stopped by the next sound, a soft word. Oh, something about it trickled a memory at the back of my mind. Was it the voice or the word it spoke? Whichever it was, did a pretty good job of changing my mind. I needed to help whoever that was. I leaned forward but couldn't see anyone behind one of the doors, maybe. I guess 
was pretty well firm with a next soft on soft moan coming clearly from a door labeled employees only. Locking in on my target, I made use of the wall to pull myself up. I saved up enough energy to stagger my way over to the door without falling over again. Though I did kind of run face first into the door, which didn't do wonders for my headache. I adjusted my position a little, so I had my ear to the door and listened. The moaning had stopped. Only a faint whimpering came from the room now. Whatever had happened, the guy that didn't sound too good of shape gripped the door handle and turned it, the shiny surface slipping a little from the blood on my hand. The door swung open into the room, squeaking and catching so it didn't open all the way. Security monitors glowed blue, illuminating the rest of the trash area around. Knots of cords tangled on the floor, and I saw what looked like a bullet hole in the wall behind. And there on the floor was a man. He was smaller than me, smaller than the other man I had seen. Maybe boy was a better term, or just a small man. Anyway, I was certainly right about his being in worse shape. At least one, if not two, of the bullets someone had generously sprayed it around the room had made it into his midsection. Even in the dark, I could see the blood. It was all over his suit front and standing in the ground. He lay on his back, his pale face showing in the blue light. His eyes were closed. My stomach flipped. Oh, please, no. Not two dead people. Please don't be dead. Under a second of groping by the door, I found a light switch and flicked it on. The boy winced at the sunlight, moaned again, and rolled sideways, clutching his stomach. Still alive. I stepped over the wires and dropped down next to him. It's okay. I'm here to help. My voice cracked a little as I said it. I wasn't quite sure how much help I was able to give, really, but I'd give what I could. Kid's eyes open and out of his pain squint and focus on me. Green eyes. He blinked, swallowed my own pain, and managed to give him a grin. His eyes popped wide open and he sprang up like a coiled spring. He got his back slammed up against the wall farthest away from me before sliding to the ground again. Still, his green eyes stayed as open as windows with the shutters broken. Whoa, whoa calm down. I stood with effort and took a couple steps toward him. Heard you came and came back to help. It's okay. The boy shook his head slowly. His eyes fixed on my face with a mix of terror and confusion. Nobody comes back to help the person they just shot. Suddenly, I didn't want to know who I was. So yeah, that's the end of chapter one. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, go check out Rosie's book. It's called Blank Mastermind. It's on Amazon. And while you're on the internet, um, feel free to check us out. Um, if you like this, subscribe. Um, we hope to, I hope to do more. Um, yeah. So we're, you know the drill, we're on Amazon. We're not on Amazon. We're on SoundCloud. We're on um, Spotify. Still not iTunes, but yeah. Um, I hope you enjoyed.